episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm sitting here again uh, in our little studio, aka Joe's living room, sitting on couches uh, here on a, a rainy, fantastically rainy Saturday uh, morning, recording this in the morning when we usually do in the evening. So it's a little early, so I might be a little a little tired as well. I mean, it's not early in the morning. What Okay, so it's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock, so it's borderline lunchtime that we're recording this, so it's really not that early, but it's a Saturday, uh, so, you know, things are a little bit a little bit different as far as mornings go, but yeah, uh, it's finally raining. Uh, we want to have a little weather talk here early in the mm, podcast. Mm-hmm. We haven't got any rain in forever, and, you know, I haven't been able to mow my grass, unfortunately, in like two weeks, because the, the grass is just dead. Something that you, I never thought I'd worry about. Uh, and I don't. Yeah, as a as a homeowner, now that's the thing that you actually have to worry about is mowing your grass, and uh, haven't had to worry about that for a while. But it is also brown and dead, so it's like, what's really better, not mowing your grass or having <laughs> the ugliest grass in the world? But uh, yeah, thankful for the rain. Um, Joe, how, how's it going? How are you? I'm pretty good. It's mm-hmm. been a pretty interesting week. I had my first, uh, I guess, problem with my car in my marriage mm-hmm. or in my, my, my in my married life, I should say. Really? Yeah. You having marriage problems and car no. problems in the same week? <laughs> Just uh, first time I've had car problems. No, since well, in, as an as an independent uh, man. Wow! And yeah. how do you how how do you go up, approach like doing that, like fixing that problem? Uh, we just took it to the shop and then got it fixed. Oh wow! Look at that! Actually, pretty easy yeah, being an adult. Actually, there's always people to do to do yeah, those it's things. Nice for that you. Yeah, you don't do think that. about that. But yeah, that's. Uh, it kind of puts it in perspective, though. If you have something like that, you're you're newly married. You're like, wow, things are just they're on me now. Yeah, like, oh, 100 percent. It's like I'm the adult now. I have to figure things out. It's like, what was so? What was wrong with your car? The alternator was busted. <laughs> I don't know. Busted, seized, shot. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Gone. working. Okay, my uh, car didn't work. How did you figure out that it was the alternator? Is that because they told you? My father-in-law. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. He said that because. Very good. He's smart. That's good. I can't imagine just knowing things about cars when people are like, oh, yeah, uh, my car's doing this or whatever. And the person's just like, oh, it's probably your bearings or something. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, okay. Good that you know that. I'm glad that you know that. How do I get to that point? You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Just a couple of couple of boys making a podcast. Not quite not quite grown men yet. No, still, no. still kind of figuring out how that goes. Still boys. But uh, yeah, speaking of, speaking of my wife um <laughs> perfect. <laughs> today, perfect good transition. transition very good today is actually the day we're recording this uh is july 11th which is my beautiful wife's birthday so uh, i figured i'd give her a quick shout out on her birthday happy birthday uh amy i know by the time you listen to this podcast it's not your birthday anymore but thank you for listening to the podcast thank you for supporting me uh and i hope you have or had a tremendous birthday and i appreciate you a little shout out for you Aww. today. Oh, yeah. Well, very good. You know, I gotta do it. Uh, she always gives me feedback on the podcasts. Uh, very constructive criticism. Very constructive criticism. Sometimes it is. She's probably the most critical uh, listener that I have. Everybody else, I feel like, is kind of beating around the bush and being <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, 
It's great. I love it. And she was, she would say, "Hey, if something's wrong, if you'll if you let me know, which is you know good. That is good. It's good. It's key to a strong marriage, I think, is mm. being critical of each other. Yes. You know, and fixing the alternator on your car. Mm. Um, but yeah, why don't we just you know stop beating around the bush and just jump straight into the news for the week. First up in the news, we have Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, former MVP, uh, potentially the best uh, player, quarterback in the entire league, signing his brand new contract this week. Uh, there have been reports for, for months now that Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs were in contract talks uh, for a while now, and, and most people assume that it would be the richest contract uh, in NFL history, that he would be getting paid the most out of any uh, player in the NFL. Obviously, every time a quarterback is up for a contract, we can basically expect them to become the highest paid uh, player in NFL history because uh, the incredible value of the quarterback position. And then when you add into the fact that Patrick Mahomes is potentially the greatest quarterback we've ever seen already just two years into uh, his career, a potential uh, Hall of Fame career, it looks like he's on that trajectory right now. He already has an MVP, has a Super Bowl ring, has a Super Bowl MVP, and now he signs this 10-year, $503 million contract extension. Holy. Yeah, it is the very first half a billion dollar contract in in American sports history, the richest contract in American sports history. Uh, obviously, soccer players are out there making just outrageous money, so you know we won't get into that. I feel like almost like once or twice a week, I'll see a video on my Instagram feed of Cristiano Ronaldo driving Bugattis in his driveway. Yeah, dude, that guy's got that guy funny money. Low, yeah, he's got silly money. He's yeah. just very rich. And he's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same video, but I just constantly see videos of him <laughs> pulling up in two different Bugattis. I think he has two Bugattis and it's him and his son. And he says something in... Portuguese, I think he probably he he, Portuguese, yeah, I believe. Right? I think so. He says something in Portuguese and then he drives away. And it's like, yep. Is it a TikTok? Does he have TikTok? Is it a TikTok video? It might be a TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have TikTok, but I see it on Instagram. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just you know good for him. He's still doing good. But uh, Patrick Mahomes also going to be doing pretty well uh, with his brand new contract. He has so it's ten years. He has two years left on his deal still. So technically, he has a twelve-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, to stay in Kansas City for twelve more years. Uh, and you know, you can tell Patrick Mahomes loves Kansas City. He loves the Chiefs organization. He loves being uh, a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's not a surprise to me that he wanted to sign up long term uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and I mean, but this this contract is is pretty crazy. I mean, we, it's not very often in the NFL that you see 10-year contracts, uh, contracts that are double-digit years. Uh, I know a, a few years back uh, during the early 2000s uh, or, or probably mid-2000s, we saw a couple of 10-year contracts. I know Donovan McNabb uh, at one point signed, I believe, a 10-year contract with the Philadelphia Eagles. Brett Favre had his lifetime contract with the, the Packers that basically guaranteed that he would he would never play for another team, and then he ended up playing for two more teams before he retired. Right. Uh, and there was there was players like that that uh, signed contracts, but for the most part, uh, contracts are usually maxed out around six years. You don't often see more than six, maybe maybe seven year contracts, especially in 
in professional uh, football. You'll see it in, in in baseball a lot. I mean, baseball, they have outrageous contracts where it's like 12 years, 14 years, just stupid contracts. I can't imagine just, you know, planning something for that long in the future, like 12 years. I mean, I guess it's easier to plan, you know, making millions of dollars in 12 years than it is something else. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes signing this massive deal. And to put this in perspective, I mean, so it's a $503 million contract, and it was reported that he has $477 million in guaranteed me- mechanisms. Mechanisms. I don't know what that means exactly, but usually they just talk about guarantees on contracts. So this is like how much money is guaranteed to you. You're going to get it no matter what. Mm. Uh, for some reason, they use the term guaranteed mechanisms this time. Uh, but $477 million is basically guaranteed the second he signed that contract. That's absurd. I can't. That's insane. Uh, I mean, he's getting four, around forty-five million dollars per year, which is substantially more than the next highest-paid quarterback is making in the NFL. I believe Russell Wilson signed uh, the the biggest contract before this one. He's making ten million dollars a year more than Russell Wilson is making, which is just insane. To put this even more in perspective, I found this thing. And I didn't fact check it, so it could be wrong. I don't know, but it's you know it sounds right. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes is making uh, four hundred and fifty million dollars over the next ten years. I guess they've kind of rounded uh, the guarantees down, but so, that, so that's forty five million dollars per year, three million seven hundred fifty thousand every month, uh, nine hundred and thirty seven and a half thousand every week, 31,250 every day. So he's making 31 grand a day. That's insane. He's making $521 an hour. So if you want to compare that to what you're making an hour right now, $521 and $8.60 every minute. So he's, he's making what some people make in an hour. He's making that <laughs> per minute. That kind of puts that in perspective. Holy smokes, Patrick Mahomes. He's making a lot of money, and um, yeah, I want to say he, he deserves it. I mean, how much? I don't know. How much does do the athletes really deserve getting paid this much money to uh, to play a child sport? You know, I won't get into that, but yeah. you're worth as much as people are willing to pay you. And Patrick Mahomes is the best football player I have ever seen, and I'm I'm confident in saying that. Two years into his career, I've never seen a player. Uh, throw the ball the way he does. I've never seen a quarterback that I'm more confident in than Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to have a fantastic career there in Kansas City. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, and he's he's right in in his prime, and he's just started his career. Him and Andy Reid, I think, have a bright future, and they, we could see many, many Super Bowls and potential new contract extensions uh, after this contract is up because he's only 24 now, so a 10-year contract or 12 years, so he'll be... So he'll be 36 when this contract is up. 36. How old is, is Tom Brady? Tom Brady is, Tom Brady is 43. Wow. Patrick Mahomes could still play for an like for another seven years after this contract is up. So how can he? Side note, like, can he opt out of his contract at any point, or is that is that 12 years? That's like he plays that 12 well, years, or else he doesn't play NFL. He could so no, like he. He could ask for a trade. Like, if he all of a sudden doesn't want to play in Kansas City anymore, he could say, okay, I'm done. I don't want to. 
Mm. I don't want to like, and they can't force him to play. Like, if he wants, to, let's say, he's like five years into contract, he's like, I'm sick of football. I just want to retire. Uh, like, he just, I don't, he's not going to get all the money. I'm sure there's mm. there's aspects in that contract where it's like, if you retire early, you're not going to get all that guaranteed money. Like we saw, Andrew. You don't Luck, need four hundred and fifty million dollars. What's that? You don't need four hundred and fifty no. million dollars. Like, what's the difference in your lifestyle, really? If you have a hundred million or five hundred million, like, is there really a difference? <laughs> Serious? Like, no. I, I think like, once you like once you're in millions, yeah. it comes to very quickly. Oh yeah. It comes to a point where like you don't need you don't need any more money. Yeah. It's like whatever is like put on top of that is just a cherry on top. Like I know. It's like you're it's never ridiculous. even going to use that money unless you're. I don't know, unless you lose it somehow. Like, that's like stonks. The, You're going to put it all on the stonks. Put it in the stonks. But yeah, it's like, like one million, sure. Uh, I, I could see like, you you know, you might want more money. But it's, yeah, there's like a certain point. I'm not sure exactly where it is. There's a certain point when you get into the millions where it's like, how much has your life really changed? You know, if you mm. keep acquiring money. That's like, what I'm saying. And there's people that are going to be making $450 million. Yeah. It's like, they don't need that. You know, why not give Jeez. a little to us? You know, we can build our podcast a little bit. Patrick yeah. Mahomes, come on. Please. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to wrap things up here with Mahomes' contract, uh, I, I think I'm excited to see him stay in Kansas City. I think I'm really excited for his future. I, mean, I think he's going to be uh, a Michael Jordan-type figure by the time he retires. I hope he is. I hope injuries don't uh, derail his career or something or – uh, or he's not, he ends up not being as good as, as a lot of people project. But I'm really excited for the future of Patrick Mahomes. I think he's already the face of the NFL, and and there's, there's great times ahead for Kansas City fans and for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs team. And next up in the news, we have uh, another trade request. There's been a ton of trade requests uh, this offseason. We, we're seeing more and more as, as players feel more empowered, and I think it's it's something that's come from the NBA where players have more power than I think any league uh, in the sports world uh, where they'll just ask for a trade. If they're not happy where they are, they'll ask for a trade. They'll, they'll kind of steer things towards where they want to go instead of what the team wants. And I think we're seeing that more and more in the different sports leagues where players are taking control of their own career. They're, saying, they're not accepting the fact that, hey, you know, I get drafted by this team and I just have to play for this team. Like, I didn't choose to play for this team. Uh, and we're seeing players demand trades and, and try to take more and more control over the career. And this week, Raheem Mostert, uh, the running back for the San Francisco 49ers, the Super Bowl runner-ups, uh, actually requested a trade. It seems like he, he and the 49ers have sort of been discussing a contract, or Raheem Mostert and his, and his uh, team want a contract extension, want more money. Uh, to put this in perspective with, with Patrick Mahomes' contract, Raheem Mostert, uh, well, he's a guy who's bounced around the league. I believe he played on six teams and got cut by six teams before he before he played for the Niners last year and kind of broke out. Uh, but he, he recently restructured his contract to make uh, around $3 million uh, this upcoming season. So the, uh, Patrick Mahomes will be making, not this year, but when his contract starts, he'll be making $45 million compared to Raheem Mostert making $3 million. And... And Raheem Mostert was the most one of the most efficient backs uh, on that committee there in San Francisco. And last year he was not making a whole lot of money, a whole lot of money. Obviously he was a he was an undrafted guy, a guy who bounced around a lot, wasn't a big name free agent signing or anything. And there's a guy Devontae Freeman who they brought in last year uh, or two years ago I believe to be 
to be a running back there uh, in San Francisco, and he's making more money than Raheem Mostert, and he the production level has not been uh, there for Devontae Freeman, who's making $4.5 million. And apparently, Raheem Mostert is looking for something along those lines. So he's not looking for a big contract. He just wants a little bit of a bigger contract extension or a contract uh, you know, bonus uh, to get him closer to the level of Devontae Freeman. Uh, and apparently the 49ers are not down to give him that, and he's asked for a trade. Um, as far as the running back position goes, I, I it's so undervalued, and I, I don't know if I, I see him getting traded uh, before the season starts. The Niners already traded uh, one of their backs from their running from their committee there uh, in San Francisco to the Dolphins during the draft this year for a fifth-round pick. Matt Breida, who was really kind of the number one back at times there last year, they traded him away. So now uh, Raheem Mostert wants a trade, and then you're left with Tevin Coleman and a couple of other guys that uh, maybe aren't big profile guys. But that's kind of the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs there in San Francisco is, is sort of a running back by committee uh, type of deal there. He's not reliant on one running back. So uh, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the 49ers uh, find a way to, to trade him. I don't know exactly where the suitors would come from. I think most teams are fairly confident where they are at the running back position. And you don't want to give up big assets for a running back when running backs seem to be fairly easy to come by. I mean, Raheem Mostert, like we said, was a was an undrafted guy uh, and a guy that bounced around a lot. And then he became a star, uh, especially during last year's playoffs. So it's not hard to come by great running backs as long as you have a good coach, good offensive line, uh, and stuff like that. Next up in the news, we have the Washington football franchise. Uh, we talked about last week, they're changing their name. We went over a couple different names, uh, had some discussions about what we thought the name should be changed as. And this week, uh, it came out that the name is expected to be changed. Obviously it has not yet been announced what the team name is. I'm hoping that it does not get announced before, uh, this podcast gets uploaded, but, uh, it was announced that they're, it seems like they're moving totally away from the whole Native uh, American theme uh, with their new name. It, it sounds like they're going to stick with the same colors, the burgundy and yellow, which is fantastic. To me, those are two of the best-looking colors on uniforms in the NFL. But they're, they seem to be moving totally away from uh, the, the Native American theme for their new logo and name. Uh, a lot of people think that Warriors seems to be the, the number one uh, pick right now for them uh, and also the red tails seems to be up there as well I, I don't know the warriors what they would go for as a logo if they're going to go completely away from from the native american theme because it seemed like they were gonna they were gonna do the whole spear on the helmet type deal if they were gonna go with warriors but that seems like sort of a sort of a native american thing so uh yeah definitely stay tuned uh, as far as that goes i'm not sure where exactly they're gonna go or when exactly they're gonna announce the new name, obviously a lot of things going on in the NFL uh, and other aspects, but this is still a big news story as far as um, the Washington franchise goes and where they go uh, with their new team name. Next up in the news, this week we had a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles, Deshaun Jackson, coming out. And uh, this is an insane story. So this week on his Instagram story, he, he shared quotes from Hitler that were basically, yeah, from Hitler that were basically saying things like, uh, saying anti-Semitic things. I won't get into it, uh, but saying things against Jewish people. And he's on a team where the general manager is a Jewish uh, man, uh, Howie Roseman. 
the general manager there in Philadelphia is Jewish. The owner of the team, Jeffrey Lurie, is a Jewish man. And so basically saying anti-Semitic things. And it was obviously met with some backlash. A lot of people were surprised that it was not met with enough backlash. Uh, he had a lot of people come out and support his comments really this week. We had um, Stephen Jackson, who's been very vocal over the whole George Floyd killing and everything going on. Stephen Jackson, former player uh, in the NBA, uh, former basketball player um, coming out. He, he was actually good friends with George Floyd before he was murdered. Uh, I guess good friends with him after he's murdered as well. But um, we had him coming out and sort of supporting what Deshaun Jackson say, said. And I think that was kind of a weak move by Stephen Jackson. Um, and then we had Malcolm Jenkins come out this weekend, basically say that um, people making a big deal about somebody making anti-Semitic comments is a distraction from uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which seems like such an irresponsible statement to me. I mean, so you're, it's just, to me, I, I understand Malcolm Jenkins is it has a big voice when it comes to racial uh, issues in the NFL. He's always been a huge supporter, obviously, of the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, he's, he's been very vocal, very outspoken as far as racial issues go. Um, and, and I support that. But to me, you also have to put it in perspective. There are other issues than just uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, it's obviously an extremely important issue. However, there are other people, other races, other religions, other uh, people groups that are also being persecuted against. It's not just African-Americans. We've talked you know a couple a couple shows ago or or last week about the native americans who have who have received a ton of uh inequality uh throughout generations and generations and there are there are multiple different uh groups of people that that have problems with inequality have racism issues anti-semitism is one of the uh biggest problems out there uh as far as uh, racial inequality goes and and i think it was an irresponsible statement by malcolm jenkins and he should be held accountable for saying things like that you can you can be passionate about black lives matter movement you can be passionate about uh, uh, african americans having uh more uh, freedom and more rights and still be uh against anti-semitism and i think uh you know deshaun jackson came out and apologized for the statement and I hope that he learned from this. And Julian Edelman released a video where he invited uh, Deshaun Jackson to go to the Holocaust Museum uh, with him, sort of put things in perspective. But to me, I, I just I just wanted to address this to sort of uh, just point out, you know, sort of a double standard. You know, uh, when when Drew Brees came out and said statements that I I genuinely don't think Drew Brees meant uh, as a, as a racist statement. Oh, he received a ton of backlash. Uh, a ton of hate, and Malcolm Jenkins, you know, was really passionate and crying on Instagram about it. And then when Deshaun Jackson uh, released a a statement that was genuinely uh, pointed towards uh, pointing out a certain group of people and, and and belittling a certain group of people and and calling out a certain group of people, uh, Malcolm Jenkins totally goes the opposite way and just supports uh, what Deshaun Jackson says and doesn't condemn what he says. To me. That was that was sort of a weak move by Stephen uh, by Stephen Jackson and Malcolm Jenkins this week, but I just you know just I would encourage everybody just love everybody and stop you know stop hating you know just just everybody love everybody life would be a lot easier if everybody just loved people 
and didn't, you know, do racist things on social media or send racist text messages or just be racist, you know, stop being bad and start being good. And nice. it would solve a lot of problems in the world. But yeah, that's just me. Next up in the news, we have more COVID-19 updates. <laughs> Love it. My favorite part of the show. Um, obviously, we got to talk about it a little bit as COVID-19 is kind of putting the season in jeopardy. It seems more and more discouraging as far as there not being a football season. I, you know, uh, it was something that I hadn't even really considered the fact that we might have not have an NFL season a few months ago. I, I, I honestly didn't even think about it. I never crossed my mind that it might not happen. And it seems it's starting to seem less and less likely that we're going to have an NFL season. Um, the NFL seems determined to go on with season and I hope it goes off without a hitch. I think that there will be problems, but this week, the NFL, I guess, attempted to solve one of those problems in in banning uh, jersey swaps at the end of uh, games. So this is a this is a thing that's been going around a lot. Uh, the younger generations loves to swap jerseys after games. They'll 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 have a friend on the other team. They'll sign the jersey. They'll take a photo. Uh, one guy's holding the other guy's jersey. The other guy's holding his jersey. It's a big thing, and this is this is ridiculous to me. I mean, they're banning jersey swaps because of social distancing. Meanwhile, these guys just played 60 minutes of a football game in which you are tackling, sweating, spitting, uh, bleeding all over each other. And like, and now you want to talk about social distancing after the game is over. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is comedy. This is something that you that I would expect to see uh, on The Onion or something like that, where it's it just seems absurd. How do they? How did they not? You know, think that this would be received with some backlash. I understand social distancing, all that, great. But you're not social distancing when you're playing professional football. You're not social distancing when when you have a bunch of grown, sweaty men graveling each other and bringing each other to the ground. That's not social distancing. That's literally the exact opposite. And then you want to act like you're trying to, uh, you know, have social distancing. Uh, during NFL games, at the you know at the end of the game, by not doing jersey swaps, which is really less invasive than than the actual game. I mean, you don't even really have to make contact with each other when you're when you're swapping jerseys. You can just hand the guy the or throw the guy the jersey and stand beside each other and take a picture. It's just it's insane. Joe, Joe do you agree with it or like what are no, your that's thoughts? That's absolutely on, ridiculous. It's it's it seems absurd. I just that makes me it it honestly makes me think that this is like if they're if they're banning that, then it's like, I guess that's so much, it's less invasive than, than yeah. the whole grappling situation. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think that the NFL season is in a little bit more, yeah, like a bit more trouble yeah. because maybe this is just the last thing. Like this is one of the first things they're going to do, but then eventually I think it's going to be like, that's a, we can't play yeah. football. No. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I very much agree. I, I fear was, of mine. Yeah. I was definitely going to, I, I was I was gonna get to that point as well. I, I I think that's a good point. I think it's you know if if they're banning jersey swaps, I don't understand how they can possibly play football. Like exactly like, right. You cannot social distance while playing football. You cannot social distance while playing basketball. You cannot social distance while doing any of these things. Golf is essentially the only sport that you can play while social distancing. Uh, it, it makes it makes no sense to me. You know, it seems like such a minuscule dumb thing to to, to ban. You know, when there are much larger, more important things that, more important situations that you need to take care of and handle, 
But yeah, it does not look good for the potential uh, NFL season. The NFL also announced this week that, well, I guess the NFL didn't announce it, but it got leaked out that the NFL was proposing to the NFL Players Association that they take that players essentially take a 30 to 35% pay cut this season because uh, of potential losses uh, that the NFL might or will face this season due to the pandemic. The NFL is, is projected to lose, I believe, around 3 to $4 billion <laughs> because of this pandemic, because fans not being in the stands and, and all the things that have been affected by uh, COVID-19. So the NFL kind of said that, Hey, you know, the players can, we'll just, we'll take 30 to 35% of your money and we'll put it away for a little while. And then until we get back up on our feet and then we'll give it back to you. And players obviously were not very happy about this. And my, I think my immediate instinct is to be like, Oh yeah, these crybaby millionaires don't want their money taken away. But you know, if you think about it from the perspective of the company that you work at, and let's say, you know, the company had a hard time uh, during the COVID thing, but you're still working. You still have to go to work uh, during the pandemic. And the company's like, hey, uh, turns out we can't actually pay you right now uh, the full amount. So we're going to take, you know, almost half of your paycheck. And we're just going to move it a few months down the road until we're, we're in a good spot. I mean, that wouldn't fly, right? Like that mm, wouldn't no. be a good thing for me to have. You know, I wouldn't be happy about that. So why is it different when NFL players, I understand they're making millions of dollars and they're worth millions of dollars, but you know, it's not my problem if the company, you know, is not making money. I'm just, I just work here, you know, it's yeah, like, I just work it's here. not my problem if you're not making money. You still got to pay me. You made that commitment to me to pay me. So I understand why the NFL players would be angry. I wouldn't want my money taken away. Uh, that's not, that's not how things go. But uh, yeah, a bunch of COVID stuff still going on. Obviously, we'll keep you updated on the show. As far as COVID nineteen goes, and hopefully, hopefully, in a few months we have actual football to talk about. Um, so yeah, we remain hopeful, but uh, a little cautious at this point. All right, for the next part of the show, we're jumping into a new series that we're starting here on the podcast, and that's the top five uh, players at every position uh, in football. We're going to go through position by position by position. Uh, each week, starting with the running backs this week. Next week, we're going to do the defensive backs. Uh, we're just going to rank my top five players at every position. Uh, and this is something that, that I've been doing for years before I even had a podcast, before I had some, some platform to, to do it on. Every year before the season starts, I go back and I rank my top five players at every position. And now I have sort of somewhere to, to put it, somewhere to be criticized for it. Um, so excited for that. And without you know further ado, why don't we just jump into the top five? Coming in at number five, I have running back for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, as my number five running back in the NFL. And this is uh, this list and, and these top five lists are are sort of a projection. They're they're based on two things. They're based on how the player played last season and also where I project them to be during the 2020 NFL season. So it's kind of a combination of both. Uh, it's not really one or the other. And for a few of these guys, for me, it is projection. It's guys that had down years last year uh, who, who who I think will develop into superstars and have a fantastic 2020 NFL season. And obviously, I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a fantastic 2020 NFL season because I have him at number five in my top five running backs list. And I think this is a guy who, if his career trajectory goes 
uh, where we think it's going to go. I think he'll be much higher than top five. I think he could be a potential uh, number one running back in the NFL in a few years' time. Uh, a couple years back, obviously, he was the rookie of the year. Uh, it, during his rookie year, he had really the best year of his career. It's sort of a down year last year with injuries. Uh, his rookie season, he had 261 carries for 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, and then he added in 91 receptions for 720 yards, 4 touchdowns. And the guy had zero fumbles during his entire rookie season. That was something that really stuck out to me. Not a single time during his rookie season did the guy put the ball on the dirt. I mean, in coming out of college, Saquon Barkley was kind of praised as the next great running back, the next uh, Adrian Peterson type of running back. We've had a few guys come out of college where they had hype and they were basically, uh, you know, bona fide superstars. They were guaranteed superstars. I remember a couple of them. You know, Adrian Peterson obviously was was a big name coming out of college, uh, and Saquon Barkley, and I think Leonard Fournette was another guy who who people thought would be just a a star from the get go when he got to the NFL. And so that was Saquon Barkley. Uh, he has all the talent to be, I think, the best running back in the NFL. He he's a freakish athlete. I mean, the guy's got quadriceps, um, the the size of uh, something very big. I mean, much bigger than. <laughs> Than, than my quadriceps, that's for sure. And a, a little fun fact about Saquon Barkley. His full name, I found this out on Pro Football Reference, is actually Saquon Rasul Quivius Barkley. Or Quivis Barkley? Cavis? So, Cavis? Quivis? Qu- it's, a, it's a Q. It's a Q, but sometimes queso. Q- cave- queso? That's true. Jeez. I hope it's not Cavis, because then it sounds sort of ignorant of me to pronounce it like that. <laughs> yes. So, I'm just so I'm just Sa- reading it here right Saquon, now. So. Saquon Rasul Cavis Barkley. What a cool name. Holy smokes. That's a cool guy overall, I'd say. Uh, and last year, you know, the guy had a down year. He was injured for, uh, for three games. He only played 13 games last year after playing all 16 during his rookie season. Uh, he had 217 carries for 1,000 yards, uh, six touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry, so uh, a little bit down from his rookie season. Um and he had 52 catches for 440 yards uh, and two touchdowns. And he had his first fumble. But still to me, one fumble, and this is not fumbles lost. This is fumbles overall. Anytime he put the ball on the dirt, uh, he has one fumble in two full NFL seasons, which is crazy to me. A lot of running backs, especially a guy like Adrian Peterson uh, and guys like LaShawn McCoy, they've, they've, they've been guys that who are really good running backs, but they've struggled with fumbles and Saquon Barkley in two NFL seasons has fumbled the ball just one time. And to me, uh, the reason why he's number five on my list is, is I think he, he's a dual threat guy. He's a potential guy I could see uh, going and doing what Christian McCaffrey did last year, getting a thousand uh, yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing uh, during his rookie season. Like we talked about, he already had 700 yards receiving. So he's, he's getting pretty, pretty close to that mark. Um, but uh, he's, a, he's a guy that I think he's the best offensive weapon on a team full of young offensive weapons. They have Evan Ingram there, uh, Sterling Shepard, uh, guys like that. Guys, uh, they have a ton of ton of potential, like I talked about uh, on my Instagram, on my power rankings. Uh, make sure you tune into uh, my Instagram for that. I talked about all the young offensive uh, weapons that they have on this team. And Saquon Barkley is the number one player on the team. He is... Uh, he is the leader of that offense. That offense goes through him. Uh, and I think 
Uh, he's a generational talent. We haven't seen many guys like him come out of college where we just knew he would be a fantastic player. And um, I think with a with a, a young, uh, growing quarterback like Daniel Jones, uh, I think it, one thing that could really help him in his career is having uh, a guy like Saquon Barkley, a safety blanket, uh, so that all the pressure is not on uh, Daniel Jones, that he can dump it off to, to, to Saquon Barkley uh, in the flat or you know dump it off to him in certain situations when when he when he panics or you know if he's not feeling comfortable just just audible to a run and, and give it to the best player on your team. So that to me is why Saquon Barkley comes in at number five on my top five running backs list. Coming in at number four on my top five running backs list is running back for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. Uh, fun fact about Alvin Kamara. If you go through his pro football reference page, the guy has 81 receptions in all three uh, years as a pro. Exactly 81 receptions in all three years as a pro. So sort of a fun fact about Alvin Kamara. Definitely a weird thing to have exactly the same number of receptions every single year. But he's a guy, speaking of receptions, he's very different than the other running backs on this team. He has not once in his three-year career rushed for a thousand yards he's never been over the a thousand yard mark uh in his uh nfl career as a running back so you might be asking yourself how the heck is he in the top five running backs joe how, how does he make it on the average joe top five running back list and to me he's just different he's a different player he's he's very much a christian mccaffrey type of player uh talking a lot about christian mccaffrey obviously we'll get to him later during this countdown uh, but I think if Alvin Kamara was in the type of situation that Christian McCaffrey is in, in Carolina, where he is the focal point, he is the number one guy on that offense, I think he, his production would be very much the same that we would see with Christian McCaffrey. Where he, I, I think Alvin Kamara is a guy in his career who has the potential also to reach that 1,000-1,000 mark that so few people have reached in their career. I mean, he's he's a guy who... Another another one who who had sort of a down year last year. Uh, injuries plagued his his season a little bit. He played with injuries. He missed two games with injuries uh, last year. He had 171 rushes, which is already substantially less uh, attempts than a guy like Saquon Barkley had. He had uh, just about 800 yards rushing, uh, five touchdowns, 4.7 yards per attempt, 401 yards after contact. He's he he is a bruiser. He's he's a guy who not only agile, not only fast, not only quick, but he'll run you over in certain situations. And then receiving ball, he also had 81 receptions like we talked about and 530 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, He sort of struggled with fumbles a little bit more than a guy like Saquon Barkley had. He had four fumbles last year during his down year uh, and he's had two other fumbles throughout his career. So that's something that we could definitely see him correct uh, this upcoming season. But I, th- I think his, his best year to me came during his rookie season in 2017 when he played uh, all 16 games. And it really puts into perspective what we could see from his career going forward. I think he'll only continue to get better. Uh, in, in 2017, the guy had 120 uh, attempts for 728 yards uh, rushing, 8 touchdowns, 6.1 yards per attempt, which is fantastic. And he also had 81 receptions. Uh, 826 yards receiving and five touchdowns. So he had 826 yards receiving in his rookie season, and he had 730 yards uh, rushing. 
I mean, this is a guy who puts up stats, and he's a, such a such a crucial part of that offense. And I think as Drew Brees gets older, as his arm strength starts to go down, we could see him checking down to running backs a lot more. Uh, I, I think uh, Alvin Kamara, he's not only uh, the number one running back on that team, but he's, he's one of the best receivers on that team. Obviously, Michael Thomas is kind of the number one receiver there, but he's, he's such a versatile weapon, and you can use him in so many different ways. So to me, there's there's no doubt he's a top five running back in the NFL, despite his numbers maybe not being uh, up there with some of these other guys as far as rushing yards go. I think what he brings as a receiver and as an all-around player uh, gets him at number four on my list. Coming in at number three on the top five running backs list is Titans running back Derrick Henry, uh, who was the NFL's leading rusher last year. Fun fact about Derrick Henry uh, one of his nicknames, apparently on Pro Football Reference, is uh, Tractorcito. Tractorcito is apparently Derrick Henry's nickname. What's tr- roughly, well, not roughly, it does translate to Little Tractor, which is apparently, I looked into the history of it. I had no idea this was one of his nicknames, by the way. I had no clue. I've heard King Henry. People call him that. I've never heard of Tractorcito, and I love it. I think I'm going to refer to him as Tractorcito from now on. Um Apparently, during his time at Alabama, during one of his games, uh, the ESP- ESPN Spanish radio was doing a call on one of his, his big touchdown runs, and during the touchdown run, called him Tractorcito, and and people have never been able to find that audio, apparently, since I looked for the audio, I could not find it, but his name is Tractorcito, love it, and it's quite fitting because the guy is absolutely massive. Derrick Henry is very different than a lot of running backs on this list. I mean, he's six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, just a monster of a man. And and he is a he is a he's not only you know that big, he's he's athletic, he's fast. I believe he ran a four five forty yard dash for a guy that big and that strong. And he he's very much a different type of running back than we see uh, on this list. Uh, but I, I had to include him on this list with how dominant he was down the stretch last year. Uh, he is, he's purely a runner. He's not a receiver. Uh, he's, not, uh, he's not a guy who's going to get you that 1,000, 1,000. He's not a guy that's really going to get you 500 yards receiving. But he's a guy that you can just continue, continually hand him the ball, and he will get you yards. He will grind you out yards. He had a, he had a breakout year last year in 2019. He had a career best in yards, touchdowns, yards per attempt, and attempts. Uh, he had 303 carries for 1,540 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5.1 yards per attempt, uh, 968 yards after contact, which is absolutely absurd. So every time this guy got... So yards after contact, to put this in perspective, if you get hit... The yards that you get after you get hit the first time is yards after contact. So this guy got hit, and still after he got hit, he got 968 yards out of his 1,500 yards. That's absurd. I mean, the guy is an absolute monster when it comes to running the football, and he's a he's the very definition of a workhorse back. He only had 18 receptions last year for two just over 200 yards and two touchdowns. So he added a couple more touchdowns. But overall, I mean, the guy is a running back. He is a runner. He's going to get you yards running the ball. You don't need to worry about him catching the ball. They have they brought in uh, a young running back to co- sort of 
be that pass-catching back. Uh, they're basically just worried about Derrick Henry running the ball, and he did quite a good job of that last year. Down the stretch, during the last five regular season games, he had 896 yards rushing, which which av- just average out, averages out to just under 180 yards per game rushing, which is out of this world. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. He he really came into his own uh, the, the at the final stretch there when Ryan Tannehill jumped into the lineup. He came into his own and became the best running back in football last year for the Tennessee Titans. He was the, the leading league leading rusher, obviously, last year. Just beat out Nick Chubb, who was really leading the league for most of the season until Derrick Henry broke out. And then it got to the playoffs, and the Titans continued to shock people during the playoffs, and Derrick Henry was the main reason for that. Uh, in, in his game against New England, he had 34 attempts for 182 yards rushing. And then against the upset in Baltimore, he had 30 attempts for 195 yards. And then in Kansas City, he had... He had a, a smaller game. He had 19 attempts, less attempts for 69 yards. So he averaged almost 150 yards per game during the playoffs, which is, again, a, a crazy number. I mean, there's no way he can keep up these numbers, but if he can get anything close, I think he could be in for another dominant season. Uh, he ended the season on a tremendous, torrid hot streak. I mean, he was the hottest running back uh, in the NFL last year. And I think we could see that uh, sort of transition into this next season. Uh, and the reason that he only comes in at number three, despite being such a dominant runner last year, uh, is because he just doesn't do it in the pass game. Obviously, he's not a pass-catching guy. He's not a dual-threat guy. Uh, as the NFL starts to move more and more towards uh, dual-threat running backs, uh, we, don't, we don't see running backs like Derrick Henry very often anymore. Uh, you know, We don't see just pure runners, guys like Adrian Peterson. Uh, we don't see like guys like that anymore in the NFL. But with how dominant Derrick Henry was last year. There's no doubt in my mind that he deserves to be at in the top five and at number three on my top five running backs list. Coming in at number two is the Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Fun fact about Ezekiel Elliott, his dog Ace actually has his own Instagram account. Hmm. So yeah, he's one of the people that that makes Instagram accounts for his pets. I won't get too deep into that, but that's that's something, you know. <laughs> People making Instagram accounts for their dogs. I feel like famous people, especially, think that they're all you know they have all this attention. They're like, oh yeah, why not have an Instagram account for my dog? It's like I already get all this. And his dog uh, probably know, has so many followers. Way more followers than you. No, so many more followers than me. Like that's that's embarrassing. For what? I mean, what is what is the content that this dog is pushing out? There's no way this dog is making a top five running back list. You know. In the in the 2020 NFL season, what is he doing that deserves you know all those followers? I'm putting in work. This dog is just is just owned by Ezekiel Elliott. That's not fair. You know the dog's name? Ace. Oh, you said that. Yeah, I said Ace. So it's not even a cool name. No, that's fine. You know, that's just a, like just a decent all right name. name. And, and he has to have his own Instagram account. Whatever. Anyways, Ezekiel Elliott. Despite your 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 taste and and pets on social media. Uh, I think you're a fantastic running back. You come in at number two on my top five running backs list. Uh, he's a, he's a guy who uh, the offense, the explosive offense there in Dallas, an offense that I'm extremely excited for, and I've hyped up a lot uh, for the upcoming season if the season happens. Obviously, um, he's a guy that this offense really centers around. Another guy 
who 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 is a guy who can do it in the in the passing game, but he is mostly a runner. Uh, to me, he's a guy who 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 can do essentially what Derrick Henry does, and that is be a powerful runner, an in between the tackles guy, a downhill runner. He can be that guy, but he can also give you 500 yards receiving every year. He's a guy who who continues to just be consistently uh, elite, be consistently one of the best running backs in football. Uh, last year, he had 300 attempts for, for 1,350 yards, 12 touchdowns, 4.5 yards per carry, 680 yards after contact. So another guy um, who gets uh, a lot of yards after contact. He had 54 receptions for 420 yards, two touchdowns. And then uh, in 2018, he had 300 carries for 1,400 yards, six touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry, another 595 yards after contact, 77 receptions, 567 yards, and three touchdowns. So he's a guy that'll give you, he'll give you at least 1,200 yards receiving, and then add on top of that at least 500 yards rushing. He's, he's a guy who, who you can center the offense around, and I think he's the best player on that Dallas Cowboys offense. Uh, and that's saying a lot. I really like Dak Prescott. I think he's an underrated quarterback. Uh, Amari Cooper is obviously a fantastic wide receiver, and they have a lot of talent on that uh, offense there in Dallas. And and you can say, uh, oh, he's just been helped out by a fantastic offensive line there in Dallas. But that offensive line is not as good as it used to be. I mean, they've lost a lot of pieces. They're not as talented as they were. I'd say that there's still there's still a, an upper echelon, uh, a topper, a top tier. Uh, a lineman group, but to me they're they're not as good as they once were, and and Ezekiel Elliott continues to be consistently great every year, and people almost forget about uh, Ezekiel Elliott because the Dallas Cowboys are not uh, always uh, top Super Bowl contenders. They they kind of forget how good Ezekiel Elliott is and how important he is to the Dallas Cowboys offense. So to me, uh, Ezekiel Elliott he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's a player that I'm excited about in 2020. He's my second favorite running back uh, in the NFL. He's a guy who runs with not only power, but he can run with finesse, and he can be a workhorse guy, and he can he can be uh, the focal point of that offense like he's been since he led the league in rushing during his rookie season. Coming in at number one, my number one running back headed into the 2020 NFL season and if you know even a little less bit about running backs uh, in the NFL, I think you know who the number one guy is going to be. It's Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is a guy who who absolutely had a dominant year last year uh, with the Carolina Panthers. He was absolutely the focal point of that offense. He was that offense at times last year. Obviously, Cam Newton was injured for most of the season uh, last year, so he had guys like uh, Kyle Allen throwing to him, guys like Will Greer, uh, who was in there at quarterback. And he still had a dominant, dominant season, a potential MVP type of season. He was he was a thousand and thousand guy. He had a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving, which is just crazy to me. He had 287 attempts last year for 1,387 yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground, and 4.8 yards per attempt, which is which is right up there. You want you know if you're at four point if you're at 4.0 uh, as far as yards per attempt go, that's pretty good. So to be at 4.8, I think is is really really good. He had 513 yards after contact, 
and he had 116 receptions at the running back position, which is crazy. There are so many receivers, upper echelon receivers, that don't get to 100 uh, receptions. So to be a running back and to have almost 300 carries, and then you add to that yet 116 receptions for 1,000 yards uh, and four touchdowns, I mean, this is a guy, he is the best offensive weapon in football. He is uh, a guy who, coming into the draft, we knew he was going to be a, a fantastic receiver, a, 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 an athletic weapon that they could use in multiple different ways. But a lot of people thought that he was not big enough, was not strong enough to run between the tackles and be that workhorse back. So what did he do? He goes out and puts on a ton of weight. He has massive arms now. I mean, he's just a jacked guy. Um, he's a guy that... Uh, that's become that workhorse uh, guy, not only as a, a, a workhorse in the sense of a running back, a guy who's going to run the ball, but he's a workhorse in the passing game. I mean, he's a guy who, who I think this year, he could see the same success that he had last year. He could see a 1,000 and 1,000 again. And to me, he, he's a potential dark horse MVP candidate. I don't project the Carolina Panthers to be all that dominant this year as far as playoff contention goes, but I think... Uh, he is going to be the most valuable player on this team, and he could be the most valuable player in the league. I mean, you br- you brought in Teddy Bridgewater to be your, your quarterback this year, and Teddy Bridgewater, the biggest knock on him is that he's a very cautious, careful quarterback. And what do cautious and careful quarterbacks like to do? They like to dump it off to the running backs. Uh, they like to get the ball out quick. So that could mean a lot more receptions, a lot more touches for Christian McCaffrey. And I expect to see him have a similar season like he did last year, and potentially have MVP votes this upcoming NFL season. I mean, the guy, he's a freak athlete. And a fun fact about him, I gave everybody else a fun fact. Fun fact about Christian McCaffrey, he comes from probably the most athletic um, football family I've ever heard of, or just athletic family in, in general. His dad, Ed McCaffrey, was a, was a football player, uh, for the Denver Broncos for many years. He was a wide receiver. His mom played uh, soccer in college at Stanford. Uh, his his grandpa, I believe, was an Olympic uh, medalist as far as sprinting goes. Uh, his brother, one of his brothers, played in the NFL for a few seasons as a wide receiver. His other brother is the quarterback at Michigan, uh, Michigan University. And another brother is a quarterback at Nebraska. So, like, this, these guys are just incredibly athletic. It's like, what? how come all of their family members got to be athletic and, like, I didn't have a single person in my family get even close to that? How is that even fair? You know, but you can tell where he gets his freak athleticism from. So, for me, you know, he's, he's borderline the number one receiver and rusher on that team. And I expect Christian McCaffrey to be very dominant again this year. Before we close out the show, I'm just going to go over some guys that just missed the cut for my top five. You know, give guys a couple, uh, a couple guys some credit. Um, and, you know, some people might be upset that they're not on this list. But guys like Dalvin Cook just missed the cut. To me, he, he hasn't shown enough to be in the top five yet. I, you know, he, he had a really great year last year. Uh, but I, I haven't seen enough. I think he's been injured a lot. And we don't even know if he's going to play this season. He might hold out with a contract situation. So Dalvin Cook didn't quite make my top five. Nick Chubb, even though he was the second leading rusher uh, in the league last year, didn't quite make my top five either. Uh, he's a guy who I think he's going to have some carries and some, some targets taken away by Kareem Hunt there and by the all, all the other offensive weapons they have there in Cleveland. 
And in a guy like Joe Mixon, who's who's a younger guy who I think is one of the better running backs in the NFL, but just not quite top five to me. He's a guy who could get there, but he's he's mostly just a runner, sort of like a Derrick Henry type. He's not not an elite receiver. Uh, and he's not quite to the dominance of Derrick Henry. So those are guys that just missed the cut here at the top five. But yeah, that kind of wraps up our show today. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, make sure you tune in next week for the top five cornerbacks slash defensive backs uh, in the NFL. Uh, we're going to go over that. And then we're going to continue to do this top five series for a couple of weeks. Uh, make sure that you follow the show uh, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, underscore Average Joe Show. Uh, and if you're listening to the show on any, uh, any place where you can rate subscribe, review, please do that. Leave us a good rating. Uh, subscribe so you can get updated every Tuesday uh, when we upload new podcasts. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I uh, make sure you tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. And we will catch you guys on the next one.